0: So I'd like to welcome Art Subject to, uh, to this podcast. So let me tell you a little about art. Art has written some great books on on telephone selling. I would reckon art to be the world number one when it comes to training people on telephone selling. Uh, I've got to hold my hands up. I've stolen some of art's, art's material. I've stolen a lot of art's material because art is a guy when it comes to telephone selling knows what he's talking about. He started his first sales job at the age of 13. We'll hear a little more about that. Selling tickets to a police fundraising circus, which sounds interesting. For the past 37 years, he's been a professional teaching sales and sales prospecting using the telephone, particularly at this time when we're recording this while we're still under this COVID-19 Telephone sales has become just that bit more important. Never that it was any less important, but it's become more important now. So Art has trained hundreds and thousands of salespeople, and I would encourage you to subscribe to Art's newsletter, get a hold of Art's books. But one of the reasons I invited Art today, he has updated Smart Selling, wanted to talk to, uh, start off Art by what are the updates you've made to to the new book, the new edition of Smart Selling.
1: All right. Well, hey, Collie, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's, a, it's an honor. And so what's new with the third edition of uh, Smart Calling? Well, the original came out 10 years ago. We updated it a couple of years after that. And uh, so it's been about seven years since we we've touched it. And I'll tell you what has not changed is the process. The process still works, and for people who aren't familiar with it, smart calling is a method of prospecting. Uh, the, the title actually, the subtitle, is Eliminate the Fear, Failure, and Rejection from Cold Calling. And what we're doing with smart calling is pretty simple. It's basically knowing something about the people we call before we call them so that we can personalize, customize, and tailor our message so that it's relevant and it stands out from the thousands of other messages that people get every day. So again, the the process has been proven and it works and it's been field tested. So what we did with the new edition is that I put in some some new ideas, I refined the process a little bit just based on experience and working with uh, thousands of reps out in the field, but then I also added uh, the experiences and success stories and best practices from sales pros themselves, people who had sent me in, here's what I'm using, here's how it works, here's what I'm saying, here's the questions I'm asking, here's how I get through to decision makers using your process. And I just had files and files of this. So we decided to to put that into the, the book, the third edition, as well as the companion course or resource library, which is online, because you know how publishers are, they won't let you put out a 2,000 page book, I guess paper costs a lot. So uh, we, we we, we have an online companion course that uh, every, every chapter has a corresponding module online and people get that free. So we've got audio, video, uh, scripts, best practices, entire webinars, all kinds of, of material. So again, people really haven't changed in the past 10 years, but other than they're busier and they're getting more messages, which really makes uh, the, the process more important, meaning that we've got to be more relevant with our messaging.
0: So how much do you think telephone sales calling has changed since 1983? Well, it, we have push-button phones now instead of dial,
1: uh, rotary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, I mean, here's the thing, Collie. The human mind has not changed. I mean, human, human, the, the need for human interaction has not changed. Of course, what has changed is technology. And uh, what's changed for the better is our ability to get more information easily prior to picking up the phone so that we can put together a, a better message. What also has changed is it's tougher to get through to actual buyers today because again, they're inundated with so many messages. I mean, way back in the day when I was in my 20s, when I first started, I mean, we could call people up and, and there was a pretty good chance somebody was going to pick up the phone. Today, of course, we've got, uh, we've got voicemail, we've got automated attendance, uh, some people still have assistance. Uh, Some people like to call them screeners. I don't like to call them screeners because that's, that's negative. So again, this all highlights and emphasizes the need to make sure that our messaging is relevant and personalized and customized so that it has some chance of actually being responded to. And um, of course, today you probably see the same thing. It, it, it takes multiple attempts to get through to decision makers, usually. I mean, sometimes we call somebody, but they might pick up on, on the first ring, but uh, we, we, we use the other means available to us in our uh, cadence is, is the word. So that might be email, might be in mail, might be uh, voicemail, might be snail mail. It might be text, it might be video, so or it might be all of the above, depending on uh, somebody's strategy.
0: Yeah, how do you feel about email versus snail mail? Is that something that you you would recommend? Well, I'm a big
1: fan of using regular mail, a handwritten note with a live stamp, because that's almost guaranteed to get opened. Email. Well, we, we know what we do with most emails that we see from someone who we don't know, and it looks like it's gonna be a sales pitch, uh, either gets deleted or maybe skimmed, and uh, rarely do they get replied to, right? But a, a handwritten note, and if, if we wanna go one step further, if we wanna send something physical in the mail, that's a great way to, to warm up a call. In my case, I send copies of my book. Uh, Not everybody has that advantage. I would encourage people to send copies of my book, by the way. Uh, But (laughs) you you can send copies of of anyone's book along with a a handwritten note, or you could sign the inside, and it should not be a sales pitch. But then when we call, we we use that as a a way to to get in, and uh, we can use that with the assistant saying, hey, I'm the guy that sent my book. Did that come across your desk by chance? So yeah, big believer in in sending
0: something physical in today's digital age. Yeah, I think have yeah, regular mail. And I know that he's a friend of yours. Is Anthony Paranello, you know, who who gives some guidance in using regular mail, which I have used with great success as well to to get me in the door. I had one recently where I sent it to the CEO of a company. When I went to call the CEO, he had already passed my regular mail to the decision maker regarding training so it does work i'm sure you're like me i always say i better practice what i preach absolutely whenever i'm on a phone phone call with a
1: prospect i've got to make sure i have my a game and uh, and and of course i always do because we're being judged every single moment what and we should as well yeah. tell me how did you become a smart caller how to become a smart caller well I mean, way back when I first started my business, and again, I started my business at a pretty young age. I was, I was 23 the first time I left corporate life, and uh, myself and a partner, we made every mistake in the book by starting a business, meaning we left a, a corporate job, cushy corporate job with a good salary, and uh, we had no clients. We went out and we invested in uh, office furniture and office space. And, uh, we had no revenue coming in. So I might have missed that class in uh, in business school. So <laughs> we had to go out and, and generate revenue in a hurry. And so we, we of course, were practicing what, what we preach, which is jumping on the phone and making, they were cold calls at the time. But even then, back then, I knew that in order to make our, our calls more relevant, we wanted to know something about the people we're calling. So of course, this was pre-internet days. So the, the research we we were doing would be you know, finding something in the, uh, in the newspaper or going to the library and checking out industry uh, publications or, or directories. And then, of course, doing some social engineering, what I teach. Social engineering is talking to people other than a decision maker within an organization to get some, some intel. And so, we, so I was doing a form of smart calling 35 plus years ago, and I, I just didn't call it that. And then, as as I as I built my business and and built the, the training practice and and started incorporating these things, uh, I, I started calling it smart calling right before the book was published in in 2010. And and I had a number of publishers over the years who had been contacting me, asking me to, to do a book. That's how publishing works. They're not looking for authors. They're looking for people that can sell books because they get authors contacting them every day. And I had a track record of, of selling books of my own for a number of years because I self-published. And I thought, you know what? The time's right right now. I want to I want to really blow up this brand, this smart calling brand. And going with the publisher, that was one of the advantages of of going with the publisher. So uh, that is that's how smart calling came about. But you know how did i do it again i it, it's common sense really it's um it's the alternative to the cold call because calling somebody cold to me just never made sense and and actually it's kind of rude because what we're doing is we're interrupting somebody and and if we haven't taken the time to know something about them uh, uh to me that's that's disrespecting their time
0: it, it's amazing you know, when you say smart calling versus cold calling and i was speaking to a colleague and i said like i'm that I was doing a podcast with you and he goes, oh, oh, what does Art actually do? And I goes, he does um, telephone sales calling. You know, he, he actually picks up the phone and calls somebody. And my friend says, do people still do that? And I go, yes, every day. Mm-hmm. The other thing that we come up against, my own sister-in-law experienced it today, is the, the scam calls. She got a scam call today to say that somebody had, had broken into her Amazon account and taken money out of her Amazon account. She's not very tech savvy, so I had to go and change her Amazon password. And, and she goes, why are they targeting me? And I goes, no, they're using auto dialers to get you. And that's, that, you know, that's, that's just one of the problems of today. That's the downside. Well, you know, they're, they're just criminals and they just happen to be using the
1: the telephone as uh, their tool to communicate. And of course, those people should be be thrown in jail and (laughs) throw away the key, right? Because that, that, that's just as bad as, as robbing a bank or, you know, going into a store and, you know, just robbing the store. It's, or it's even worse because they're preying on uh, trusting unsuspecting people. But, yeah and i'm not a believer in in the robo calls either we, we get those all the time and i mean it's sad because what happens then is that it makes people skeptical every time the phone rings wondering who is this or or what is this and that also further underscores and highlights the need for us as professional salespeople to make sure that from the very first instant we are differentiating ourselves and people realize that, oh, this is a professional. This this is somebody who may have something
0: of yep. p- potential value. And one of the things I always liked about your suggestion is, I feel the most important thing is how you actually open the call, whether it is with I know you call them screeners or you don't like the word screeners. I don't like the word gatekeepers because what I tell people, I had an interesting one with a company usually nameless, and They had me listen in. they were having problems getting to decision makers. How they handled person who answered the phone on the front line was when they asked what it was about uh, and they said, No, we need to talk to the decision maker because I don't think this is of any interest to you. And I don't think you're in a position to make a decision about it. And I immediately said, you can see why all your calls are failing. They're actually were rude. We over here would usually call them receptionists or someone like that who handle the calls. So I'd like you to talk a little about the opening because I can see that is the Feel is the most crucial, the most crucial part of of the whole call. I don't know if you feel that too, Art, or what's your thoughts on it. More calls have
1: have died in the first ten seconds due to to what salespeople say than due to. Any other reason, and matter of fact, in the book we list I think 29 mistakes that salespeople make right away that that causes them to to get hung up on or causes the person to go into let's get rid of this salesperson frame of mind. So absolutely, the the opening statement is is critical, and I believe that the opening has really two objectives that we're trying to accomplish. Number one is to put somebody in a positive, receptive state of mind. Because when we call, and if we did not have any prior communication, this calls an interruption, they weren't expecting our call, they pick it up, they hear an unfamiliar voice, the natural reaction is to be a little skeptical, a little guarded, and wondering, okay, who is this and, and what do they want? So very quickly, I want to put them in, again, this positive, receptive state of mind. And then the only other objective is to get them talking from that positive, receptive state of mind, not a negative frame of mind where they're gonna say, I'm good, you know, I'm not interested. What we want them to say is, oh sure. We want them to lean in and say, okay, yeah, what do you wanna know? Yeah. And uh, now we're gonna engage them in a conversation because now they're curious. And we don't do that by talking about product. I always tell people don't talk about your thing because people don't buy the thing. They buy the feeling of the result that they're going to potentially get. So we want to make them curious and it has to be personalized for them because now they're putting themselves in the picture of there might be something here for me. And that's the question that everybody's asking. I remember that in my first corporate sales training. Uh, Everybody's listening to the same radio station, WIIFM, right? What's in it for me? People want to know. How are you going to help me? And that's really the importance of, of smart calling. And that is, this call is going to be all about you. And by the way, the, the opening statement, the, the way we open, the, the voicemail message should be pretty much identical to that. I mean, yeah. why would it be any different? The only thing that is different in a voicemail message is, I don't like to say, and please call me. I want to take control. I'll say, I will call you back Friday morning. If you'd like to reach me in the meantime, I will send you an email with my number. Let me know when
0: you'd like to speak. On on voicemail, I see many telephone salespeople missing a great opportunity. They go, oh, it's a waste of time to leave a voicemail. They won't listen to it. And I said, well, you're missing out the opportunity for a commercial. Well, yeah, you've already done the heavy lifting, if you
1: think yep. about it, right? We've done our pre-call planning. We've already put together our messaging in, for our opening. So why wouldn't I take the extra 10 or 15 seconds and leave that voicemail? But again, what the, we're not pitching in the voicemail. We're not asking for a decision. And really, the voicemail should just leave a question in somebody's mind that they want the answer to. Hmm. I wonder who who this colleague guy is and I wonder how they, uh, how they get those results for other people. Okay. So when that call comes in again, maybe I'll pick it up. I might tell my assistant if that call comes in, let him through. Or if I see an email from you, I may, I may reply. So now I've, I've got some mind share there because I've created some curiosity. And again, you've already done all the other hard work. Why not take the extra
0: time? Yeah. And, and the other one, when we were talking about the person who, who picks up the phone, I said, there's three things you need to do. And I think I learned this from you as well. Ar. I said, number one is make them your friend. Number two is make them a good friend. And number three, make them your best friend. <laughs> Yeah. well yeah if you, if you can do that that <laughs> that is awesome
1: uh baby steps it may yeah. it may not happen right right at the beginning but i i just want them to be in a positive frame of mind so so i could accomplish
0: those Yeah. You know, and how do you feel about asking that person is the person who answers the phone they answered in the company name sometimes they answered using their own name Sometimes they they don't how do you feel about finding out uh what their name is, and then using their name back to the mark. Well, yeah, most definitely. If, if somebody answers,
1: I answer my phone, hi, this is Art. And if somebody starts saying, you know, Mr. Subcheck, now they've placed themselves at a different level. So I'm not comfortable with that. So I've kind of given implied permission that it's okay to, to use the first name. And I mean, Dale Carnegie said the sweetest sound that we can hear is, is the sound of our own name. Yeah. Now, with, with that being said, there are some people that, are a little uncomfortable with being too familiar too early so if they didn't use their first name what i will often say is by the way my name is art may i call you colleagues
0: yeah exactly yeah and that you know and then you've got permission you know that's you know know, how to do it how important do you believe mindset is in selling on the telephone art i would say
1: it's the the number one key to success in not only selling on the telephone but but selling in general and I've even take it a step further i mean life in general because everything flows from our thinking and in particularly in sales where just inherently we put ourselves proacti- proactively into positions every day where we are not going to accomplish the the primary goal that we want to accomplish. I mean, think of any other profession. I mean, other than say uh, sports, where you know basketball player is going to miss over half the time, baseball player is going to uh, miss swing and miss over over 66 percent of the time. In sales, uh, we, we are not going to accomplish our primary objective, and therefore people have attached negative negative connotation to that and negative labels such as rejection right yeah. and as a result that's why a lot of people have gotten out of sales and that's why many people are reluctant to be proactive and in, in picking up the phone particularly in in prospecting so we must proactively do things to keep our attitude up and if we don't just our environment will naturally pull people down so Mindset, I would say, attribute is responsible for probably about ninety percent of our success. I mean, accountant can come in every day and you know maybe not have a positive mindset and still put out a a, a passable spreadsheet. But I mean, it's not going to work for us, (laughs) not on a consistent basis. So absolutely, there's a lot of things we need to do. And and again, in the subtitle of the book, I talk about eliminate fear, failure, and rejection. How do we get rid of rejection? Well, rejection is not what happens to you. It is the way you define what happens to you. It's not the experience itself. It's the story we tell ourselves about the experience. And too many people tell themselves negative stories about all kinds of things that hold them back. So if you have the opportunity to actually create a story about an experience, why would we make it negative? So instead we can get a win. We can say, well, at least I learned something on this call. At least I learned they weren't a prospect. At least I kept the door open for the future. So there we go.
0: One of my favorite things is, There's no such thing as failure, only feedback. Yep, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. We we
1: can get feedback and I mean, even self-feedback, right? Every time we get off a phone call, I I suggest asking two questions. Number one, what did I like about that call? And number two, what would I have done differently? And Mm. you can look at that as a win. Because I can learn, you can get a graduate degree in sales just by asking yourself better questions at the end of every call.
0: One of the things we're in the middle of this pandemic, uh, people are working from home. How would you recommend they can benefit from prospecting with this pandemic? I actually have got a, a new prospect coming up next month to start working with in the middle of this pandemic who contacted me.
1: I've, I've had a couple of my best months ever. Granted, everybody today needs to be doing a telephone selling. So a lot of people realize that they, they need to get, to get good at it if they want to survive. But how should we be prospecting during this pandemic? Well, I'll tell you what. I've, I mean, I've got success stories of people that are absolutely crushing it right now, and uh, from from the very first couple of days that this started, I suggested to people to people that don't be paralyzed by this because people are still in business. And you know, granted, uh, everybody's life and business has been changed in some way, but unless a business closed its doors, they're, they, they've either found a way to adapt or they're planning for how they're going to come out of it. And what I suggest every salesperson does is you look at what, what do we have that uniquely positions us to help our prospects with the new issues and problems and challenges that that they have. And it requires some thought. And and the people that did that early on are the ones that are, again, that are thriving. And the ones that didn't are the ones that are struggling or, or they're going out of business. And everything, anything that happens always creates opportunity, regardless of how bad it is. And the people that are looking for the opportunities and the opportunities to be of service and to help those are the ones that are doing extremely well. And, uh, and a bad sales call before the pandemic is going to be a bad sales call during and after the pandemic. So we still need to make sure that we've got a good process, we've got good messaging, and even more so than at any time we're engaging in conversations, we're listening, we're finding out about what, what, what type of position
0: are our prospects in and, and how can we help them. And saying that, I'm reminded of the uh, Napoleon Hill quote, in every adversity is contained the seeds of greatness. How can we benefit? And one of the things I think aren't, uh, and might be a good place to finish, is how, do you, how much do you think telephone salespeople op- need to open their minds? Open their mind in, 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 in what in way? Uh, I've got some people you know and I've seen people oh I can't do this I don't know how to do it i I'm not good at it uh, the interesting the uh, I'm going to start I'm working next starting to work next week with uh, somebody in the recruitment business who is their own recruitment business they're just a startup and they go oh i I'm, I'm not I'm not good at selling and I'm not good on the telephone and I feel like saying rubbish. I'm sure you hear this all the time as well. Well, I, I've, I've been in the, the
1: telephone sales business my entire adult career. And even, even before that, some people would argue if, if I'm an adult right now. But <laughs> um, well, people are now being forced. They've got no choice but to, to sell remotely and the the ones that have been doing it all along i mean they know the power of it and uh, let's go back to mindset again what what i have said before Wh- whatever somebody is telling themselves right now about anything becomes their reality and uh, I mean, nothing has meaning until we give it meaning, right? So if somebody says, I'm not good on the phone and nobody's picking up the phone, nobody's talking, of course that, that's what's gonna happen and they're gonna prove it because they're not gonna be picking up the phone or they're, they're gonna go in with a negative attitude. The other people who are saying, you know what, I haven't really been using the phone much up to this point but it's going to be the new normal, And in order for me to be successful, I'm going to have to get good at this. So I'm going to go out and find out what are the people doing who are doing it successfully now? What are they doing? And how can I do it as well? And I'm going to, I'm going to get the information and I'm going to put in the work and I'm going to be excellent at this. I mean, it's like anything else. So people just need to change their stories. And if if, if you can communicate, if, if you can speak, and if you can speak to somebody face-to-face, you most definitely can do it over the phone as well as with video because video is just going to get bigger in all parts of the sales process, both sending video, personalized video, and then also doing live video like we're doing here right now.
0: Yeah, and um, I, you know, I think that Zoom is really something that's taken forward. I actually was reading about the growth of Zoom. They've gone from six hundred and fifty thousand clients in January to something like six million in four months.
1: Yeah, amazing. Zoom and, and there's a number of other competitors out there as well that are that are as good or even better than yeah. Zoom. So there's and those are people that are seeing the opportunities. And yeah. uh, again, they're they're doing what we just talked
0: about. Yeah, and exact, you know, one of the things then, which I say to people is, I do this one-day workshop, which is, it's called Selling is Simple. And what I say is, selling is only a conversation with a purpose. And that's really one of the things that, that you got to do. The, the other thing I was thinking as you speak, one of my favorite sales books, and I'm sure you've read it, goes back to the 1930s, and that was uh, Frank Betcher. I don't know, if you, you know how I raised myself from failure to success in selling. Yeah, yeah. that's a classic. Yeah, and that, that's one of the best sales books ever. You know, when I get all those things, I, I would like your comments on all these people coming up with all new, these new ideas. I won't use any of what these acronyms that people are using about, do you think people are trying too much to reinvent the wheel? Or, <laughs> Well, it's it's kind of funny because
1: it, it, it seems like every every few months you'll see something new a new shiny object and i mean we've gone through sales 2.0 sales 3.0 and you know, social selling which i never got because i thought all all selling is social right yeah. and you know, and uh, mike mike weinberg wrote an entire book about this and he calls it sales truth and really what, to, to sum it up, sales is sales. And if you're trying to make it too complicated or if you're looking for the next new shiny object or a fad, what's going to happen is we, we take our eye off the ball and, and we're not practicing the fundamentals. I mean, the fact is the fundamentals still work. They always have worked and they always will work. I was looking at a LinkedIn conversation the other day, and I, I try not to do this too much because it'll make you crazy. And uh, it, it was it was a bunch of uh, younger sales reps, and they said, "Yeah, I, I picked up an old sales book the other day, and um, some of the stuff was outdated, and I really want to follow all the all the new people." because the, you know, the, the old stuff really doesn't work anymore. And it took all I had to, to not go in there and just start commenting and saying, that's right, because you know, none of that stuff ever worked, right? Uh, <laughs> and I mean, Betcher's book is a, is a great example of that. I mean, the classics are the classics for a reason. And human behavior in the human mind really hasn't changed. Has technology made it easier for us to do a lot of things? Yeah, absolutely. And technology also has hindered Uh, our ability to do things in a lot of ways because people get distracted from actually putting in the activity and doing the things that work and, and actually talking to human
0: beings. Yeah. You know, I, you know, that and I look at myself is that I've got to be careful. Where's my focus going today is uh, what's somebody saying on LinkedIn? Is anybody following me on Facebook? And then you suddenly find you've gone off on a tangent. So they're doing that. Yeah, and the interesting thing that you were saying about, I actually heard somebody though or someone on LinkedIn said the other day, relationship selling is dead. Social selling is the new way forward. And and I, I like you, I felt like you're making a comment. Social selling is relationship selling. And <laughs> solutionship <laughs> selling is dead. It's you know you gotta have give them a b d to, to Z. And I go, no. And I love the the Frank Betcher line, what, you, what is it he said is, show me a man who will honestly tell a story five or six times a day and you'll show me a success. <laughs> Has that changed?
1: Yeah. It, and it, it's funny. Any Anytime I see somebody saying something is dead, I just have to go look at all the people that are doing what they say is dead successfully. And then I also have to look at what are they trying to sell because they're they're saying that something else is dead.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's it's just um, it's trying to invent a new me. And one of the things that you know, when we started this conversation, is is the internet can either be a blessing or a curse. And old Marcus Aurelius said, Nothing's good or bad except thinking makes it so. And look at the amount of research you can do on LinkedIn to. Uh, that you can talk to people. Um, I think I'm linked to uh, people who go, oh, why are you linked to all your competitors? And I go, I don't have any competitors. I have people who do the same thing as me. And I think we learn from each other. Absolutely, yeah. We, we people who are worried
1: in, in our business about competitors, probably aren't doing very well because they're 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 feel threatened and they're not secure in in the value that that they're delivering and yeah i agree the internet can can be unbelievably awesome if we use it in the right way but it can also be a, a a huge time waste for a lot of people and uh, just because somebody is putting in the activity doesn't mean that's accomplishment. I mean, if somebody is is just commenting and liking posts all day and and sending out emails and not actually engaging in real conversations, they're not selling. That might be called social selling, but it's yeah. it's I, I call it social activity.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I look forward to every day. It's yeah. Uh, so, Art,
0: thank you very much. And. Uh, your new book is smart selling. This is a an old. This is the last. This is when was this? Nineteen. That's the first edition. Yeah, that's that the was. First. Yeah, that, that came out in. Twenty ten. Yeah, no, two thousand and ten. Right. Yeah, two thousand and ten. I will put a link into the new edition. Both available on Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and other well-known traders on the internet. And the link to the new edition of the book. I strongly recommend it to anybody who's in, uh, I use arts techniques to sell sales excellence and I know for a fact arts techniques work. Well they have been for for 37 years for you Art.
1: They have and uh, the thing about sales is that we always can get better when we put the work in. So and I'm coming up with new ways and and getting better myself every day. And the thing is as salespeople, we just can't stop
0: learning. Right? Yeah. And one thing I, I, I always tell the people that I'm training, I said, there's one time my ideas don't work and they all go, when's that? And I said, when you don't use them. When you don't use them. That's right. Yeah. This will work if you do. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for joining me today and for taking time out. Um, it's it's gone it's gone um i oh, thank you so much for having yeah. me
1: on uh this this was great i enjoyed sharing information yeah. and uh thank you
0: all for listening and watching yeah great to meet you and hopefully we can do this again soon absolutely thank you so much thank yeah. you art A lovely, okay. lovely, lovely thank you, talking, and
1: we'll talk again soon okay bye now